Hello and welcome to a Sideways Life podcast, uh, the podcast for people who want to live and work abroad. I'm Al Elliott. I'm Leanne Elliott. We are married. You know this by now. <laughs> we say this every time. But there might be new listeners. You don't know. There might be, in which case, welcome. Hello. Hello. You're in the right place, unless you're looking for great recipes for making homemade cheese, in which case you're in the wrong place, very much so. Yes. Anyway, so if you are listening today, then hopefully you know this already is going to be about how where to spend autumn in Europe. Now, this could be someone who is traveling full time. This could be someone who wants to have a two week getaway or a weekend getaway. Um, or it could be someone who's looking at actually they want to move somewhere. And maybe that'd be exciting if someone made a decision based on what we said. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today is where you go in autumn. Something Leanne always says is that um, people think that because you live in a, a live abroad and it's sunny for summer, they might think, oh, well, it must be brilliant, you know, all year round. And clearly it's not. No, I think that's a thing, isn't it? You look on Instagram and anyone who would not anyone, that's unfair. Some people who are showcasing their life abroad, it is all palm trees and sunshine and beaches and whatnot. And yes, of course, if you look at our Instagram over the summers, ours looks the same. Um, but you'll see it changes over autumn. And that is no bad thing. I love seasons. You do. It's one of my favourite things. Um, and autumn especially is, is right up there next to summer as my favourite. Um, so let's talk about autumn and where to go, what it's like, what's good, what's bad, where we'd recommend... And, and go from there. That sounds a good place to start. Now, we are just going to talk about Europe, uh, because if we start talking about everywhere, well, it's going to be a podcast could be about 20, 20 hours long. We haven't it? got the time. And neither of you. But also, with the international travel restrictions right now, we can't speak much to what it's like in other parts of the world outside of Europe. Uh, but we can talk about what it's, what it's currently like in Europe, what the current travel restrictions and requirements are. Um, and I'm sure if you do some Googling, there'll be some other podcasts out there that talk a lot, a lot more authority about other places in the world. So go look at them. Yes, absolutely. So where are we going to start? Where in Europe are we going to start as your favourite place to spend autumn? One of my absolute favourite places to spend autumn is Maribor. You may have heard us mention Maribor before. We did spend quite a lot of time there last year with lockdown. Um, Which country is this in? In Slovenia. Sorry, Maribor is in Slovenia. It's the second city of Slovenia. It's in the north. It's not far from the border with Austria, maybe. 10, 15 minute drive. Um, so really northern Slovenia. Um, but yeah, we love it. We've been three, four times before already. Um, and in terms of autumn, like I want, I want orange leaves. I want them falling through the air. I want to crunch on them in my walking boots. I want it to be bright and sunny, but chilly. So my cheeks are all tingly and rosy red. Um, I want to be able to accessorize really nicely with hats and scarves and coats. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in terms of somewhere to go, I can't think anywhere. Autumn in Maribor is just stunning. So Maribor is in Slovenia, which is next door to Croatia. Um, so it's part of the former Yugoslavia. If you've not if you've not heard of uh, Slovenia before, uh, not to be confused with Slovakia, which is a different country altogether, not connected. Um, and Maribor has a few things going on in the in the in the autumn. The first one, obviously, as you said, it's the, it seems to be the longest autumn we've ever yeah. spent. I mean, to be fair, we went to Lake Bled the year before, yeah. and that was also incredible. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's northern Slovenia as well. Yes, Slovenia is actually has a very. Is it like the most densely populated country in Europe per forest or something or something up there? Like um, so there's just lots of trees, but yeah, Bled is also really good. Um, 
Yeah. So when you wake up on an autumnal day in, uh, in Maribor, um, then traditionally you might be going out in the sort of eight o'clock in the morning at sort of six, seven, eight degrees, yeah, would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. goes up to highs of, what do you reckon? Might, might push 16, 17 yeah. on a nice day. In the sun, it's lovely. Yeah. And we lived right on the river in Maribor. If you are looking to live in the same apartment we did, then I'm sure it's available. We can put you in touch with the, lovely apartment. With the owner. Really, really nice, looking out over the river. Um, so we used to walk the dog. So we'd get up at sort of 7 o'clock, walk the dog about half past 7. As Leanne said, you're crunching through these leaves. There's still a bit of a nip in the air. It still mm -hmm. feels quite chilly. But um, quite often there'll be fog across the river, which just settles yeah. like some kind of constable painting. Um, and there's hills and it's just stunning. Absolutely stunning. And very dry. There's not much rain, mm. really. There's lots of nice and bright sunny days. It's just it's just lovely. And there's lots of things to do in, around Maribor particularly, but Ljubljana is another good choice. That's a beautiful city. Very, very small for a capital city, but it's a good, good choice. But Maribor, they've got a ski resort, which um, uh, in autumn doesn't usually have snow. In winter it does. Uh, but you can go up there and, uh, and you can walk around that beautiful, beautiful forest up there, walk along the river. You can walk through the town, which is lovely as well. Yeah, so nice small old town with um, just really nice buildings, nice places to eat, have a glass of wine. The squares are still open because it's dry and sunny. Exactly. So choose your time and you can be sitting in the sun and you might have to have your coat on, but you'll be sitting in your sun enjoying one of the amazing wines you'll get from Slovenia. If you're into wine, you have to go to Slovenia, particularly the North Maribor, which is the wine centre, isn't mm -hmm. it, of Slovenia? Yeah. Um, and there's some amazing wines. There's even, uh, we've, you've heard us talk before, there's the oldest vine in the world, but attached to that, or I suppose the thing is attached to the vine, um, is the wine museum. Yes. And that's definitely worth a visit because you'll go in there. There's a girl called Natasha there. I think it's Natasha. Yes, it is Natasha, yeah. Really nice. Speaks perfect English. In fact, they all do there. Um, Marco's another guy who's brilliant. Um, and you just say, what do you, what do you want? And you'll look at their wine list and they've got probably pushing 100 different Slovenian mm -hmm. wines. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that is our choice number one. Choice number two is my turn. And we are going to stay in the former Yugoslavia in the Balkans. And we're going to go to Belgrade, which is the capital of Serbia. Not to be confused with Siberia, as one of our friends did once confuse <laughs> it. It's a little warmer <laughs> and a bit more going on than Siberia. But what did you think of Belgrade, Leah? Well, Belgrade is probably one of the very few places we've been to that I've been really surprised by. I was a little bit nervous about going because of the the recent, you know, in recent history, the war and <clears throat> the UK were on an opposite side of, of Serbia there. So I was a little bit apprehensive in terms of how recent this all was and, and that type of thing. Um, but it's just cool. It's a really cool city. Like if you've been to a big European city, somewhere like Prague or Budapest, um, it's similar in that you've you get that sense of like, history and grandeur and all that kind of stuff going on um but then it's just a bit gritty but in the best way like it's just it's got soul and it's got heart and there's just so much to do in terms of touristy things and just so different like so many contrasts you if you're in like downtown Bel downtown belgrade yes you're gonna see like the the tv tower that that was bombed in the war and they still haven't rebuilt you're gonna see um buildings that are still being repaired you're going to see narrow little alleyways and, and cobbled stones. So you, and then you're going to go a bit further in. You'll see the old town with all the old architecture from like the, was it the Ottoman period? Was it them that? Sure. 
maybe whoever it was that was there in the olden days it's all very um just really pretty old town then you go a bit further out it's got a castle it's just on a hill it's got beautiful parks you go down to the river and that's like a really new up and coming like bohemian area um a bit like a feel to the northern quarter if you know manchester at all it's just so many contrasts you can have so many different experiences in one place and it just feels busy and dirty and just in all the just in the way the best cities do 100 percent. like we spent one day where in the morning we went up to the castle leanne just mentioned where we walked around this these these like five seven eight hundred year old buildings looking out over the town and you can see the actual like castle the city wall so we walked around there in the morning and then uh, for lunch we went up to a very modern rooftop bar in the, uh, yeah. in the city in, in the right it's, it's in a shopping center so i think i went and bought a fancy coat from underneath and then well i think leanne might have bought it for me actually <laughs> thinking about it and we went upstairs and had a really nice glass of wine on this rooftop bar looking out over there and then went back and then we had some borek which we'll talk about in a second we had some borek on the way back from a little bakery and then we went to uh, i think that evening we went to a really cool like cocktail sort of like what are they called? Prohibitions. Um, speakeasy. Yes. Like a speakeasy sort of place. It's down in that. Forget what the area is called. It's cobbled, and it's where the where there's the culture. But I want to say Stra. Uh, Leanne's going to quickly Google this. Do you want me Google to quickly this. Google yeah. that? And so we went into this cocktail bar, and uh, they'd all got like flat caps and mustaches, and they looked like they were in, like pilots in World War One. And they made me an old fashioned, and they made me stir it whilst they went and served up the customers. It was just just such a great experience. Where was it? So the old town is called Starry Grad because that's what old town means, right? Mm -hmm. But is there a particular street you're looking for? Yeah, it's where all the uh, where where originally people would gather uh, to listen to poets and stuff. So if you type in maybe Poet Quarter or something, but then you walk you can walk down this very small area and then you'll end up at the in a, it, like next minute you end up at this market and it's just an open air market and it's all gritty and we keep using the word gritty. We mean that in the best possible way because it's not polished. You go to Seville and it's beautiful, and it's clean. Here, it just feels a bit more like Malaga, where it's a bit more sort of, mm, you can get your teeth into it. So it is It is known as the Bohemian Quarter, right? Um, and the uh, Bulgarian name... <clears throat> the Serbian name? Did I say Bulgarian? You did. Belgradian? <laughs> Serbian name... Belgradian. Is, is Skadalia. Skadalia, that's what S-K-A-D-A-R-L-I-J-A. Anyway, so that's Belgrade, which is our second choice. We've got a few And also of these. pretty decent weather, actually. Yeah. It was, it was, there was a bit of rain and it was colder than Maribor, mm -hmm. but it's still quite dry. Yeah, absolutely. And by, I guess we should have said up front, by autumn, we're talking like September, October. Mm -hmm. And early November. So where do you want to go to next, Leah? Um, while we're still on the former Yugoslavia... Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important to mention Mostar, Bosnia-Herzegovina. Mm -hmm. um, so we spent October in Mostar. Mm -hmm. um, weather, great. Much warmer than other places we mentioned so far um, in terms of autumn. We were probably talking highs of, what, 28, 29. Yep. Um, evening's a bit more chilly, but probably didn't go below 16. Yep. Um, Maribor is not Maribor. Mostar is so hot during the summer; it's basically on fire, isn't it? You're talking like upwards of like 35 degrees. Um, so if you want to do all the touristy stuff, which you absolutely should when you're in Mostar, summer is not a great time to do it, but autumn is a brilliant time. Similar thing: you're going to have nice weather, bright blue skies, a bit more in terms of temperature. 
perfect for just strolling around the old town, going to the the uh, the Turkish Quarter, the old bridge, walking across into the the newer town. Again, the wineries around that area in terms of the place called Chitluk, which is fantastic. And then you've got smaller villages around there like Balagai that's got an old an old ruined castle and, and monastery, the river. Yeah. Is it a monastery? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's not history lesson, this podcast, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but it's pretty. Really pretty, really good. Difficult to get to. I think you probably have to fly to Sarajevo and get a bus down. Uh, I think there might even be a train. I don't know. Is there a train? Yeah, there is a train. Um, but if you uh, <clears throat> if you really want the getting the experience, then fly into Sarajevo, get a car, and you drive along the river through the mountains about an hour and a half. It is just an incredible drive. You just see the most amazing scenery. And and uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina are kind of split into two. Herzegovina is the southern bit, and that's quite Mediterranean, a lot like um, Dalmatia, so like uh, Dubrovnik. Whereas the north Sarajevo is the other side of the mountains, so it can be a little bit wetter and colder. Still worth going. You've got to look out. You've got to go and do the tour, the walking tour harrowing as it is it is it's just just uh, it's i can't say it's amazing because it's not amazing it's just you just get the, you get the feeling you just learn so much you've got to go and do it yes. look after sarah rose okay so should we do the last one in um the former yugoslavia please so you might have guessed by now we do like yugoslavia or now as it's called the balkans um the last one is specific is croatia but specifically istria now You'll probably know if you listened to us before, we actually live in Istria now, but we came in the autumn one of the very first times, or in fact, two times we came in the autumn. First, we stayed in a place called Rijeka, which is near Opatia. It's just at the very top end of Istria, uh, probably about an hour and a half from Zagreb. Um, and that was, again, so surprising. We were there for a month in October, expected it to be cold, and although it was chilly at night, you put a coat on, but during the day, you're getting sort of 23, 24 degrees. It was beautiful. Yeah. Easy. So, and then you have some breakthrough days where it's like 26, 27. Yeah. There's the, there's the sea. Now, with most of Croatia, you don't have sandy beaches. You do in um, um, in Brach and in certain different places, but most of them are not sand, it's pebble. Uh, but you've got these lovely little beaches. Um, and Rijeka itself is an industrial town. Is that a polite way of putting it? Yes. <laughs> so if you do like a bit more sort of Italian-influenced architecture and food, then just get a taxi for about 10 minutes down the road to a place called Opatia. And that is like walking into Tuscany, isn't it? Yes. Um, lots of lots of Italian food, pizzas, etc., etc. Beautiful beach. Um, and there is a hotel just outside Opatia, Rijeka side of it, which has got a Michelin star. Um, and we actually went before they had the mission started. We did, yeah, a lot before. And it was, uh, apart from the Welsh lamb, it was amazing. They tried to tell Leanne, who's from Wales, that Welsh lamb is always salty. And Leanne's like, no, you've just no. oversalted this. But Yeah, so that's kind of the north of Istria. Um, the bits that we we really like and would really, really recommend for an autumn trip um, is a bit further south and west. So we spent a month in Ravine um, and then now we're currently living in Medellin, which is just outside of Pula, a bit further south of Ravine. Um, I think in terms of if you're looking for a bit of a touristy, a long weekend away, Ravine is fantastic. It's so beautiful. It's like all the pictures you've ever seen of Croatia that you imagine every Croatian town to be. It's got a church, it's full of terracotta roofs. It, it's, it, it sneaks around the bay and then there's, there's just gorgeous scenery and the sea seems to go on forever and it's perfectly clear. It is stunning. Downsides, it is a bit touristy, so it's still quite busy. 
even in October time, tourist-wise, uh, but not overly so. It's not. It's nowhere near as if you go to any tourist destination during the summer. Um, there's plenty to do in terms of walks. We did a boat tour then as well because the weather was still great and the sea was calm. That was gorgeous. Saw some dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some really nice restaurants there as well. Don't go to Monte, the Michelin starred restaurant. If you need to know why, hop back a few episodes and listen to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ravine is just is actually a really good choice, I think, for an Istrian break. If you look, we want something a bit more touristy. Yeah, and if you are going to Ravine, then go to the opposite of Monte. Monte makes out they're very fancy. There's a place called Snack Bar. Yeah, everything about about everything about it will scream, don't come here. Do not come here, and you should go, because yeah. it's, it's the best food we had in the whole ravine. The truffle pasta was incredible, and you walk in, it doesn't. it's not a snack bar, it's a restaurant, but for some reason they haven't caught, they still call it snack bar. Anyway, so time is marching on. So where do you want to pick next? Um, so I think the... That's funny, actually. I've only just noticed now that all of our favourite places are in former Yugoslavia. So we're talking about Slovenia, Croatia, Serbia and Bosnia-Herzegovina. Um, and now we're back to the uh, Iberian Peninsula. I wonder if there's some kind of theme here in terms of what we like. Um, so, yeah, I think I will take, I will take Lisbon. Mm. So... Again, if you've listened to some of our earlier episodes, you would have heard us talk about Lisbon and you would have heard us go, uh, it's all right, it's all right. And I think especially is it if you if you're even dip your toe into the digital nomad world in terms of research, Lisbon is going to come out again and again and again as a brilliant destination. Um, we liked it. I think it's a cool city. You get loads of great photo opportunities. You've got the bridge that looks like the one in San Francisco. You've got the trams that are going up hills that seem far too steep for them to be able to get up to on their own. Um, you've got great food. You've got great wine. You've got the sea. Um, it, it, is, it is a really cool city. Then you've got places a bit further out. Is it Belem that we stayed? Where the, Carefully you say that. The custard tarts come from uh, and the monastery is there. It is great. It is very touristy. It's busy all year round. I'm sure if you go, you'll have a great, great time. Um, but just, yeah, maybe just do a bit of research. We've One thing that we've heard people say is that you either fall in love with Lisbon or you fall in love with Porto. Mm. We haven't been to Porto, but from what people say, we'll love it. Um, so if you've been to Porto and didn't particularly like it, you'll probably really like Lisbon. Mm. And if you've been to Porto and, and really liked it, Lisbon might not be for you. So maybe do a bit of research. But in terms of a really cool city break, it is quite cool. Yeah, you went with your friends, didn't you, um, for three or four days? Yeah. You stayed for maybe a week or a bit or 10 days, I can't remember which. And uh, you went for three or four days and it sounded like you all had a great time. Yeah. Three or four days sounds like about the time you need. Yeah. Um, whereas 10 days for us was just a little bit, a little bit too much. But if you do go to Lisbon and you go to, you stay in a place called Belen, that's not with a D at the end, then uh, go and try the pastry, the little, what they called, the little um, custard tart things, are they? Pastille. Pastiche de Belen. Yeah. Um, also, we discovered that because we, we, we speak a little Spanish, is it sounds a little bit like the Portuguese sounds like a Russian person speaking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a bit it was all a bit strange. And we thought, oh, we'll be all right because it's a similar. It's not a similar no. at all. No, no, no. no. Um, but there's also a great place which does um, an amazing chicken. 
So in Belen, if you look for it, if you're if you're interested in, then yeah. send us a message. We'll tell you. Send you a pin drop. But it does. It's amazing. Spatchcock chicken that they'll cook in front of you. Yeah, but we do actually have a whole episode on Lisbon, uh, and I think we've got a lot of links in there actually. Fair so enough. go go have a little listen to that. The only thing to bear in mind when we were there, um, the weather wasn't too good. It was pretty wet. Yeah. And from what we read, um, Portugal is quite wet once you start to get into October. Um, so just bear that in mind if you're looking for a winter sun. Lisbon, surprisingly, might not be a great choice. However, what might be a great choice is my final choice, which is just north of Madrid, maybe about a couple of hours north of Madrid in Spain, a place called Salamanca, which sounds a little bit like it's a James... Salamander. I was just going to say that, James Bond villain. (laughs) Was there a James Bond villain called Salamander? I think there was. Okay. If you're listening and you know this, then, then send us a message. Isn't that some kind of like newty thing? Oh, is it? Oh, my God. Am I get, you're going to have to help us out, listeners, because is, is Salamander, is that a James Bond baddie? Is that like a big newt stroke lizard thing? Or have we just completely got this all wrong? Or is it a city in... <laughs> city in northern Spain. <laughs> so Salamanca is incredible. We went around about the beginning of September. We yeah, were there yeah, for yeah. two or three weeks. I can't remember which. Um, and we accidentally went at the same time as what's called the Feria. Or is it Feria? Feria, how do you say Feria. it? Feria. Feria. And the Feria is, I think it literally translates as like fate or something, like a village fair. fate. Fair. But it's nothing like that. It's just where the whole town gets together and essentially just watches live music, eats a load of food and gets drunk for about seven days. It's like a seven day festival. It is incredible. Um, so the streets are all lined with different stalls where they'll sell you um, like cider from the north, um, chackily wine, and then you can go like, to the next one where they'll cook you a, I don't want to say burger because it sounds like it's just a burger. It's not. They'll cook you the most incredible meat, like pork meat. Mm-hmm. Um, Salamanca itself is it's only a small city. So once you get into it, then there's a huge square that if you've ever been to Madrid and you've been to, oh, what's the square called in Madrid? Uh, the big main one. The big. <laughs> Leanne is quickly googling, so I forget what it's called. Um, San Martin? No. Anyway, Leanne will find out in a second. Um, and um, uh, you've ever been to one? Of, ever been to that? Then it's like a miniature version of that. And it's so cool. It's got all this little restaurants and cafes around the Plata outside. Mayor, of course it is. It's the main square. Plata mm. Mayor. Anyway. Um, so stupid. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's great. And there's lots of different little places. And then get on TripAdvisor and look for the stuff that's not that well um, reviewed to go and try. Like there's a great little wine bar. We had some amazing bits of. We had the only, we've, had, we've tried pig's ear three times and twice we just couldn't eat it. And the one time we ate it, I think was in Salamanca where it was all chopped up and mm-hmm. um, deep fried. It was, uh, it was really pretty good. So... It's also so beautiful. It's, it's all made of sandstone, isn't it? So everything's like a, a creamy, yellowy kind of colour. And it's it's got a big university there. So it's got a lot of students. And anyone knows any student city always has an extra little buzz about it, especially in September. Um, it's it's just a really, really pretty city and actually quite different to any other city we've been to in Spain before. Um, great parks if you do have a dog. It's very mm-hmm. dog friendly. Some really good parks, dog parks, and just big parks where dogs are allowed off and and can wander free. Um, So, yeah, it is really nice. And I think if you do get the opportunity to go there for the ferrier, which is at the second week in September? This year it was 7th to the 15th, so it'll be... And I think we were there the second week in September Mm -hmm. as well. Um, So, yeah, it's probably around then. But if you can go then, um, assuming that it's on, um, then I think it's a really good 
a really good choice, to be honest. Um, so yeah, and uh, funny enough, we'd actually do a full episode on Salamanca as well. Episode two. Wow. I know, well back when it's probably really awkward and horrible, but um, <laughs> if you want to listen to a bit more about uh, Salamanca, then um, then yeah, go and listen to episode two of the Side of Side podcast. So let's just, let's recap these six places we'd recommend for autumn. And let's do it in a really cheesy, slightly 1990s style where you take number one, I'll read number two out. You read number three, I'll read number four. Are we doing like a countdown? We do. Oh, yeah. Can we get some music? Al, when you edit this, try try and get some music that does countdown. Okay. And before we go on to this, we're just going to have to take a minute to actually agree what the countdown is. No, I think it'd be even more fun to find out. Okay. <clears throat> one, so two, counting three, down four. from one, six to two, one. Six. Okay. In at number six. In at number six is Lisbon. <laughs> it's a bit busy. It's on a hill and it's a bit wet. <laughs> I'm loving this already. <laughs> In at number five is Mostar. I'm sorry, it's just so difficult to choose. Mostar is absolutely beautiful, but it is our fifth choice. In at number four. Is it number four now? In at number four, it's Belgrade. Quite simple because I'd imagine Belgrade, apart from July and August, would be fabulous any time of year. So just go to Belgrade. It doesn't have to be in autumn. In at number three is Istria. Now, we've talked about Alpatia and Ravine, both amazing, um, but they don't quite make it to the top two. In at number two, it's Salamanca. Great city, it's beautiful, the ferry is lovely, but it's not as good as number one. Which is Salamanca. No, uh, really. <laughs> is your number one Salamanca? My number one Salamanca. Okay. However, um, in at number one is Maribor in Slovenia, the second city, the most autumnal place in the world. Um, and if you're if you're from the US, you will fall in love with fall. Uh, I'm gonna have to edit this bit out. Okay. So there you go. There's your top six. I so with that, in, um, with that in mind, yeah. should we just quickly go through what our... Um, so so being honest, then your number one would have been Salamanca. Yes. And my number one is definitely Maribor. Right. So if you are thinking about a trip to either of those soon, mm-hmm. we've, um, we've done a lot of research mm-hmm. and we've looked at the current travel requirements um check this at the time which you book your trip because unless you're listening to it in this very like second it's just been released on the same day and even then it might be out of date Mm -hmm. so just double check but as of right now the main thing to know about going to slovenia which is home to maribor is that you need to fill in a digital passenger locator form if you're coming in via um an airport or a ferry terminal so if you're not driving in then you're going to need to do this digital passenger locator form there is a link on the UK DirectGov website. I'm sure if you Google it, it'll come up as well. Um, in, on top of that, in terms of being able to enter, I think these are kind of standard entry requirements now that people are used to. You either need a PCR test within 72 hours, a rapid antigen test within 48 hours. Um, there's some other rules around if you've had COVID before within the last six months, double check that, or proof of vaccination against COVID-19. Slovenia does have a lot of rules in terms of the type of vaccine you've had and the number of days since your first and second dose that you're allowed in. So again, have a look at the UK Gov website for that. But what they're basically saying is you have a test or you're vaccinated, you can come in. Otherwise, you're looking at 10 days quarantine. And if you're only going for a long weekend, it seems like a waste of time. Yes, and also just bear in mind, obviously, I'm sure if you're from the UK, you've heard of something called Brexit, but that means that you're no longer uh, you're no longer part of the EU and Schengen. No, no. 
So, so if you look at the restrictions, just double check that you're looking at the right ones for a third party. Third party national, is that the right word? Third country national. Third country national. I don't know what third party is. Mm. What about Spain, Leah? Um, Spain is a lot simpler. Um, basically, you need... Um, you need, you do need a pre-travel declaration form um, to prove that you have either a negative COVID-19 test or proof of vaccination. Um, there are, of course, rules currently or maybe in the future when you're listening to this um, in terms of returning to the UK, whether you need tests or whatever else. Um, so do have, do have a double check. But right now, as of September the 28th, 2021, um, then you really either need to prove you're vaccinated or have a negative COVID test and fill in the relevant entry form. You're listening to this in the future and have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Thank God the human race made it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And if you if you do decide not to go to one of our top two, then you're You're idiots. wrong. Yeah, you're fools. And what, we can... what have we just spent the last half an hour doing if you go somewhere else? So, do you know what? You're on your own. You can look yeah, it up on your good own. good luck to you, sir. <laughs> right, I think that is... Is that everything? Yeah, I think so. And next week, are we talking about winter? We're talking about winter and Christmas exciting. markets. You <gasps> see Leanne's little face. She's like a little sort of eight-year-old who's just told her she's gone to Disneyland. Yeah, it is my favourite. Apart from summer, which is just special if you're summer lovely, this run-up to Christmas, like September to December, is just my favourite time of year. And you'll hear about, we actually did the Christmas market tour. We had to drive back from, I can't remember where we were driving back from. Maybe it was maybe it was Maribor. And so we plotted our journey based on the Christmas markets around Germany, Prague, Netherlands. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. So we're talking all about wintertime and Christmas markets next time on a Sideways Life podcast. Yeah, and should you decide to take up on our, our, some of our advice and go to one of our top six places, take a picture, Send tag us on Instagram, a Sideways Life. We'd love to see you. Yeah, do that. Get onto a Sideways Life and Instagram and follow us and talk to us. Just send us a message. If you're listening to this, take your phone out right now. Send us a message going, hey, Alan Leanne or Leanne and Al, I'm listening to this. That'd yeah, cool. just listen to it. Yeah. Wasn't your best work, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we should probably go and get yeah. ourselves a glass of wine or something. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, all right. See you soon. Bye. I can't believe you put Salamanca above Maribor. The, the brief was autumn. But Salamanca is just... Do you know what it was? What? It was a cider. Cider.